Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lectures of Fallen Wisdom. Today I'm going to tie together a lot of the different lessons that were have been taught over the last many shows and try to just give an overall picture of living and what it's supposed to be. Now I've always maintained that living must take place within bliss, within a blissful state. So that's a tricky proposition. And we all know this instinctively. And we are all trying to get there. And to some extent, we can be forgiven by making wrong turns to get there because we're headed at least in the right direction. We understand that total happiness is the key to living for ourselves to stay together. If we want to be a unified cellular organism with all these individual cells, these all the individual molecules even, staying together in the same kind of energy level and, and, and excitement, there has to be some kind of hopefulness. There has to be some kind of thing to look forward to. And that has to be the daily life. You have to be so happy that you're alive that you generate a field of energy around you that keeps you together, keeps you from falling apart. Aging is nothing more than the disassociation of your molecules. And your molecules disassociate when you don't find the bliss in every moment. That is where cancer invades. That's where all sickness invades. It is in, in, in between the molecules. When certain molecules will start to get disaffected in being the union, the molecule wants to vibrate at a bliss level. That's why the molecules form to become you. They wanted to, they couldn't achieve bliss on their own. They needed a mind. They needed to come together, create a mind, and this was their last hope. And you're taking it away from them if you're not pursuing it. And what they'll do is they'll just give up on you and, dis- and dissolve your body and then hope to somehow come together with some other molecules into another body and make something that's going to achieve bliss. Now, there's, there's bliss in all around us in most of life, but the level of bliss that a human with this, with all that's weighing, all the thought that it has to break through to get there, the level of bliss that it can arrive at is even much higher and more consequential than even the bliss of like a lower animal. But if your bliss level is lower than the animal that you're eating, your molecules aren't going to be very happy with you because they traded down. So if a cow eating grass on a field is in more bliss than you are in your life and you're eating hamburger, that molecule is going down in evolution, not up. You know, as smart as you are, you're not smart enough to be in bliss, which is the smartest thing. So be very understanding of this because... This is the key to life. 
if you can't live in constant bliss, like, well, you can't live in constant bliss. Yes, you pretty much can. I mean, unless some some tiger is attacking you, you can. And, okay, what about when the tiger is attacking you? Hey, believe me. And that's the thing. You can't possibly figure out what's going to come at you. But when you have a barrier of bliss around you, at least you're not doing self-harm. At least you're not hurting yourself. Let come what may, but be in a state ready to get it, to receive it, to receive whatever it is. And your best state is the bliss state. You can win any fight in the bliss state. You can defeat any competition in the bliss state. And you can also conquer any woman if you're a man. And, or any man, if you're a woman, or if, whatever, if you're gay. <laughs> you know my point. You can be whoever you want in their bliss state, and you'll, you know those states. You remember them. They've occurred in certain parts of your life, you know, certain achievements, certain moments that, you know, you got some certain news of an achievement or whatever. You, you have those moments. You can go back, meditate on them, and try to get that, to get that feeling in your body. That's what your molecules came together to feel. That's what that's what will keep you together. And of course, like no nutritionist is going to tell you this. No nutritionist is going to be like, they're just going to be like, eat this food, eat it, fuck all that. If you don't have bliss, you can eat the best food, you're still going to fucking die. Because your molecules don't want to be unionized anymore. They want to try their luck with some other this other being. Um, so, so it, you, you want you don't want to get to that point, okay? Cancer is what happens when the molecules find. If you're feeding yourself negative emotion, thinking that's noble to to ponder such things, thinking that you're somehow to be commended for being so hard on yourself you're going completely against what is supposed to be what is the real reason you're here now the the two ways that you can get this bliss state is by breathing deep breaths problem is when you're in a state that is not bliss you just don't depressed you just do not and nobody can fucking tell you to do it even you can't tell yourself to do it because you're such you know you're just like you can't get out of it you're just like yeah you're in this state you're in this state of just thinking about things half thoughts half i should have done this half i should have done that like these fucking half criticism voices feeling like you did something wrong a long time ago that fucked up your life now. I mean, just all these random, the Scientologists call them engrams. They're these floating pain corpuscles in your fucking thoughts. And if you if you just let your mind just go aimlessly, they hit you. They just, they, they injure you. They re-injure you. And they, and they re-deblissify <laughs> your molecules and your molecules get more and more disillusioned to the point where they don't want to be together anymore. Now, 
a common thing for people to go to when they can't figure out figure out how to get bliss from just living is drugs is um food uh, is things that will turn the brain because okay this let me back up a little bit the whole point the whole the two ways of achieving bliss is breathing which you can't do unless you already have bliss and turning your thoughts off when you're not we're turning your mind off when you're not using it intentionally. Your mind is like a calculator. And you don't want somebody just pressing random buttons on a calculator. It's just a jumble of numbers. It's, it's useless. It actually interferes with the good operation of the calculator later. It wears out your calculator. If you think about a calculator that could never turn off, the battery would run out pretty fast. But also, it just... It, it can't be good for the whole machine itself. The machine itself should be off when it's not being used and should be on when it's... And when your your machine is off when it's not being used, that's the bliss state. When your machine is on and you're intentionally thinking, thing, you're solving a problem, you're, you're, you're focusing all your attention on one thing to try to figure something out, that's also a bliss state. So thought and bliss they can coexist if they are, if it is an intentional thought, if it is something that is focused thinking. But if it's aimless thinking, that cannot coexist with bliss. So you must figure out ways to sweep your mind out. I've, I've, I've recommended using the word disengage. I think that's a pretty good idea. It's just give a command to your mind. Like when you, when you see it, thinking something that is just random, like not really intentional thought, just say, shut up, disengage, disengage. Just tells your brain, shut off. Shut off your brain. Now, once you shut off your brain, the bliss of reality hits you. I mean, unless you're in like a, a certain chronic pain or anything, if you're feeling decent, you are in bliss. You just haven't really realized it. Because you're so caught up in your half thoughts and upset about this past, and this this moment is not even significant for you. The moment of your being alive in the moment is nothing to you, because your thoughts are clouding it all up. So once you stop that thought, you you let the and then that allows you to leave let the breathing in and the good and the deep breaths and just absorbing the fact that you're in this reality and just happy to be alive at every fucking moment savoring it like you're in this great virtual reality game and you're safe and you're fine i mean look, i'm look some people are in war zones you're not okay maybe you are in this case but the point is, if you're not in a war zone, if you're not in some random jungle with a bunch of wild animals chasing you, in the moment, you are in bliss, my friend, whether you want to say so or not. You're like, well, I don't feel it. Your, your thoughts won't let you. Your thought has to be completely turned off. Your, your memory, your, your thinking of the future, everything. Just stop it. That's your key. That's your door in to bliss. That and then keep and then breathing and then just kind of reminding yourself to get back there, and just being like very. Now what I was saying was when people want to turn their thoughts off, they 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 naturally go to drugs. They go to alcohol. They go to marijuana. They go to um, different drugs, and they can kind of 
teach you about going there if you're very disciplined about them, but they're not the solution because you can't turn your you're you're really even when you're drunk you're still having thoughts you're still having those random thoughts so yes it's kind of like drunkening them but it's slowing them down a little bit maybe when you get so fucking high on something and you know it's like a really good uh, mdma or whatever you know you can just in the pinnacle it's like just so blissful that it just it, it blurs out all the thoughts and that's what people are kind of trying to get to you know when they eat like gluttonously uh, in front of the TV. It's like the combination of the TV giving their attention and them shoving the face in their mouth, they're finally at a space where their brain is turned off and they just can feel good about being alive. But it has to occur like when you're shoving some junk in your mouth that's like really not probably good for you either. And then like watching something on TV, which is like is the ultimate mind-numbing thing. Uh, you should probably be reading a book. But some people do this, like they'll read a book and they'll eat and and they'll start just putting stuff in their mouth and they get a certain bliss out of that. And your brain is just like, really just wants to turn off. Your brain will send, your, your brain gets um, very annoyed with the fact that you're not turning it off. Because it can't turn itself off, but you, the one that's listening to this voice, can turn it off with just a thought and just the thought of disengage, disengage thinking, stop thinking, stop. Empty mind. And once you create that window, then just take a deep breath and just keep saying it to yourself, empty mind. I mean, even if that's just the only word that's in your fucking brain at all times, just keep repeating it to yourself so you don't even have to anymore. But just empty it and enter reality. Merge with reality. Now, of course, your brain, when it's not getting, when you're not making efforts to do that, your brain will try to commandeer you in different ways to get that to happen. And one of it, one of the ways it does that is the craving for intoxication, for drugs. But that doesn't, you need to be able to get there with your your mind. You really need to be able to get there without the help of any kind of drugs because you you don't get there with drugs. You get there momentarily in moments when you're getting, like when you're really lit on a certain drug, you might get there for like a five, ten minutes, and then you're done, and then you have to go back to your life, and it sucks. Okay, so it's not the way to get to that place. It doesn't get you there, actually. It might show you the road a little bit. It might show you how it feels to be there. But you know what it feels like to be there. You'll know when you're there. It'll be blissful. <laughs> and your bliss will come when you successfully shut down that, that random thinking part of the brain, which bumps you into every horrible memory you've ever had, one by one. And makes you relive them and makes your fucking molecules relive them. So you shut that down, you shut down that whole process, and you shut down the unnecessary negative emotion that you're bathing your molecules in. Be nice to your molecules. Your molecules were very generous to give themselves for you to become this blissful creature, and you're sitting around being like, why aren't I happy? Motherfucker. You have the potential to be the most blissful God walking the earth. 
and you don't see the doorway, the doorway is just to shut off this, this random thinking. Your brain is a fucking calculator. It can be used to solve problems. When it's not solving problems, it must be turned off. Is that so hard? Like, oh, no, I'm not going to turn off my brain. Believe me, your brain will never turn off, obviously. But that there's a part of it that you can turn off, and that's just the random thinking. Okay, there's your your brain will make associations. Your brain will think on its own, but it doesn't have to think in language. It doesn't have to think on that level that is distracting you and 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 taking in your emotions and fucking you up. No, the way to live. And this is a fucking podcast about how to live your life infinitely without fucking dying. Because, like, I don't want to die, and neither do you. And you shouldn't want to, and you shouldn't expect to. And you should realize that you you won't if you understand very clearly how to keep your mind from fucking killing yourself, from fucking sending you into misery. If you are in this moment not feeling any pain, alive, you're in bliss. And the only thing that's, the only barrier between you and bliss is your random thoughts. Now, once you get into that part, through a drug, through food, through watching a fucking show sometimes, you'll mistake the source of those things. So what I was talking about was your brain in, in the desire to turn itself off, will send a craving of food to you. And I've mentioned this in an earlier podcast about it's called How to Eat. I think it's number 23. And it's a... The idea is that your mind should be... Now, of course, I don't believe you should eat any carbohydrate except for maybe beans otherwise it's just a, a junkie's life for you and a fat junkie's life too uh there's just there's a, it's a bottomless fucking pit i mean i swear to god my jury's even still out on beans because anything that has a greater carbohydrate ratio to nutrient level and that's basically like most fucking things they call carbs Anytime you have that, <laughs> you create a deficit in yourself, which be filled, what I've found, with a ton of water. And basically, it keep, I, I figured out what's going on, and it's really an interesting thing. You're, whenever you take in a large amount of carbohydrates, there's not enough nutrients in those carbohydrates. So what does your body have to do? Your body has to hold on to them until it can get the nutrients it needs. And how does it hold on to them? By storing a certain amount of water and encasing that incomplete nutrient with water. And then you sit there, and the water is just there waiting for the right nutrients to come in, so then it can be then by de digested. Well, you're creating quite a store of little water things waiting for its own um, 
nutrition. And so that's why, like, fat people retain so much water because what they're eating is creating more and more of these stored corpuscles of of nutrients, incomplete nutrients, that are waiting for the right nutrition to be synthesized and passed through the body. When you take in nutrient-dense food that your body truly, truly needs, it is instantly absorbed, instantly digested, instantly utilized, and shed out. When you take in nutrients that your mouth and your brain just want because they want you to your brain to turn off like a whole bag of chips. Great brain turn off food, right? Just shove a whole bag of chips in my mouth. That it works for about the the length of the bag of the chips. Then at the end of the bag of chips you're like, Oh fuck, I ate a whole bag of chips. And but the whole reason you did is you were trying to turn off your brain. Your brain was like, I need to stop thinking. Can I just shove this food in my mouth? Maybe that'll help me. My anxiety. Anxiety is, the main source of anxiety is thought, and thought just comes by letting it just run. And nobody tells you to just stop your thinking. Like, everyone's just like, no, examine it, go to a psychiatrist, fuck this goddamn, no, just turn it off, man. Turn it off. Psychiatrists, like, they kind of perpetuate this whole thing, man. They want you to be, like, constantly thinking. It's just like, no, man, that's not, I mean, if you want to think intentionally about your problems, that's fine if you want to go to a psychiatrist and, and talk intentionally. But when you leave the psychiatrist, fucking wipe that shit out. Wipe it out. You know, if you have something that you want to mention to your psychiatrist that pops in your head, okay, write it down. I mean, things will pop in your head. The trick is just to silence the chatter and the disengage thing is very important. But your mind, when it doesn't get that, and your mind doesn't under, doesn't get the... Um, the command to disengage, it just finally poops out. Either poops out through just getting sleep, wants wanting sleep, makes you super tired, or but the first thing it does throughout the day crave for food that you're not actually even fucking hungry for. You it tricks you and thinking you're hungry, and and it's called a craving. You have this craving for like chocolate for ice cream. No, that's not a craving for anything except brain turnoff. And 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 I mentioned this in the How to Eat episode. Is like you'll know your brain is full of shit when you have as planned for yourself what the meal of your brain is going to be, what the meal for you is going to be in the next meal. So let's just say um, I haven't eaten for I. Every time you finish a meal, you have to plan your next meal. Like if you have a problem with eating, you need to do something like this where you have your meal ready. And what is it? It's got to be like super fucking nutritious, low, low, low carbs, packed with protein, and that's it. Just like a very nutritious meal. Like the best thing is like a fucking salad with really greens, lots of stuff in it. A protein in it, just like the perfect, just a little bit of olive oil, a little salt, and just ready to go. Now, you can have it ready to go in your mind. The point is, that's how you should do it. You should just be like, look, if I'm going to eat something, it's going to be like a super nutritious salad or super nutritious bowl of spinach. Something that's just like undeniably nutritious. It has to be that. 
And if you're not hungry for that, if you're just hungry for some fucking junk or some pizza or something like just Chinese food or whatever, then that's not true hunger. That's craving. True hunger will eat that spinach up like it's candy. Fake hunger will oblige, you know, will just be like, oh, I guess I got to eat this to stay in shape. Oh, this sucks. I hate this. Hey, guess what? Don't eat it. And chances are, if you're a little chub, you can go eating, you can go without eating for a few days. It's fine. But re- remember this. Your, whatever you eat, the next thing you eat, it must be like super nutritious, super low carb, and, and fill your ass up with it. Don't fucking leave room for any bullshit after that. Now, I really think you need to stay away from these fucking carbohydrates. Like, these are these are what created the 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 long the short lifespan that we're we're living in today. It's like they've they've shortened our, they have to. I mean, it's there would be like way more overpopulation right now if they hadn't fed us all this carbohydrate to just string us along and then fucking we 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 evaporate pretty quickly and it contributes to your inability to like bliss when you're like half addicted you're just addicted to carbs you're addicted to like eating and eating and eating and never feeling like completely satisfied and so you're just like so full that you fall over and you're just like I ate so much it's it's your brain. Your brain wants to turn off. So you 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 do that. You do the little practice, the mental practice, but also understand what your cravings are and understand why your brain wants a certain thing. It wants these drugs. It wants this food, but it doesn't really want them. It just wants to feel bliss. It just wants to feel what they what wants your brain to turn off. Now, your brain can be turned off with real food only when you're truly hungry. Otherwise, it can only be turned off with some real junky ass food and very fleeting. So don't count on it. Don't use it. That's how people get fat. It's because they only find perpet- they only find real true bliss when they're eating. They're shoving something really bad actually in their mouth. It has to be bad. It has to be something sinful. It has to be really rich and just so captivating to the taste buds that it's usually junk. And that's it's there's something about junk that creates that in us because it's a junky eating its fix instead of a animal eating its food. It's a fucking you're eating something that's already taken so much from you and it's making you hungry for it. That's the thing about um incomplete foods is they they they, they junky eyes the eater. If you were to eat like a box of Oreo cookies every day, you would start to see the need to eat them every day. You'd be like, I need my box. Where's my box of cookies? And some people live their life like that. With like, I eat a box of Twinkies a day. And they just, it, they become dependent on it. It's like they're fucking crack. 
Coffee, too. Coffee is really deceptive because people think that they can just drink all the coffee they want and it's it's no sugar. You know, I don't put any sugar in it, so it's fine. It's like, no, it's like coffee is the exact same, it creates the exact same thing as sugar. It creates a incomplete nutrient uh, that that comes actually from your glands. It's just an incomplete version of sugar. It comes from your gland comes into your uh, body, your blood, and your body has to form water, put water around that and wait for the right molecules to come in to synthesize that. And so you retain water that way. I mean, it's it's virtually identical to sugar. All speed, all stimulants are identical to sugar in that they have the exact same effect. Uh, sugar makes you hyper, and hyper is is created in your body by sugar. <laughs> That's right. I mean, when you have real sugar, it creates it. When you have sugar produced by your glands through a stimulant effect by triggering your fight-or-flight immune response, same thing. So it's very important not to fill your fucking body with sugar. And coffee does, just like any fucking, you might as well, hey, if you're going to eat it, drink a coffee, why not just eat a donut? Seriously. It's actually better. Um, it, it's less habit form. Ah, no, I wouldn't even think you should. Don't do either. But I'm just saying, one is no better than the other. Like, a black coffee and a donut are identical to your body. It's fucking weird. No one would even think that, but it's, it is weird. What happens, too, is that if you continue to... Re- let yourself just retain and retain water, you just increase your capacity to retain it. And all of a sudden, you're just this fat person. And one of the main things that fat people lose in the, you know, when they start going on a, a low-carb diet is they, they just lose a lot of water weight because there's no longer the need to store this incomplete nutrients. They've gotten them, them out of their system. Uh, the, it's you know it's actually not recommended that if you're like super fat that you just fast your way out of it. I mean, though, though you could if you don't want to eat that big salad before you eat anything else. I mean, if you're somebody that really can't control your cravings, just have that be your first meal. Just be like, look, I can eat whatever I want, but I got to eat a huge salad with a lot of stuff on it and some 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 kind of protein on it. And I'm going to eat my waist out with a lot of dressing either, just like very light stuff. Eat through that whole salad and then, hey, whatever's on the other side of that salad, I can I can eat on. I can have. Okay? I don't recommend this way of eating. But if you're really having a hard time, it's the way to start. But then you start to realize there's no reason to eat these things besides things that are totally nutritious and, and low-carb. Because if you... You're just fucking packing water weight onto yourself, making yourself look bloated, making yourself look like shit, and making your body not happy. Your body starts to feel like crap, man. Your body doesn't want to be fed. Your body doesn't want to be retaining water. And, and you know, if when you see yourself in the mirror and you see yourself in pictures, like, it, it deblissifies you to see how fat you are. You know, I mean, a, a good thing to get, I recommend, is the Polaroid. And just randomly take pictures of yourself. Like, don't rely on the fucking mirror 
And you can do it with your iPhone or whatever, but I, I recommend a Polaroid. There's a certain, like, no-lie quality to, like, one of those instant cameras. Just look at it and be like, is this the motherfucker I want to be? Like, you'll see that you are retaining water. You are bloated. I mean, it just – because if you're eating a ton of carbs, you are. Like, you just can't help it, okay? And, like, okay, the people that can, I just don't believe that you're eating a lot of them. I think you're pretty good at just being moderate with it. So you're you're, you're not – I'm not addressing you. Uh, I'm addressing people that really have a hard time uh, – controlling their eating when it comes to carbs. And guess what? No one can. It's a, it's crack cocaine, okay? So just don't beat yourself up about it. It's, it's stronger than you. You really need to just take a stand against it for like a couple of days without fucking budging on it. And eventually it becomes a kind of a habit and you just stop, stop indulging in it. It's, it's, a, it's a freedom, believe me. But let's just say you're not there yet. Fine. Just do this anyway. I mean, whether you're getting, cutting out carbohydrates or not, your meal should always be a huge amount of vegetables and a protein. No carb. And then if you want to eat something a little bit sinful after that, that's fine. Although I, I, I'm not doing it personally. I'm not. I'm not doing the sinful thing anymore. Nothing. No, I don't want a fucking incomplete nutrient in my body. I don't care how good it tastes. I'm not doing it. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I was, you know, disgusted uh, by just myself and just being very, you know, just focused on the wrong things, you know, focused on like, like I did my last podcast on like marijuana and like, I was like, oh, I'm going to quit marijuana. And, you know, I, there, there is, a problem with marijuana too. Marijuana is a go-to drug for people who want to turn off their brain. It's also a great tool for like thinking out problems. So there has to be some kind of balance. And that is, I've found is you need at least four or five, no marijuana days, like every week. Like you need to, you need to, your ratio in a week should be like, you should be smoking maybe like two days and then a bunch of, three days of nothing and and let your mind fucking sleep because when your mind is not on good REM sleep, you also retain water and you also upset your molecules who like to have dreams with you. And marijuana completely interferes with dreams. So I don't recommend being a 24-7 user of this. It's It's very detrimental to your bliss state because... Uh, it's also detrimental to your bliss state to just completely quit, I I think. At least if you're pretty, you know, if you use it and you then stop, if you use it kind of regularly and then you stop, you'll be pretty fucking depressed for a long time and your molecules might just get really mad and pissed off and, <laughs> and rebel that way. So I'm not advocating this, the, the abuse of weed, but I think the, the judicious use of it is very important and you need to be very... Um, you need to give yourself at least three or four days of cleanliness every week just to just to even feel the effect of it and not have it just be a crutch in your life or even a detriment in your life. Um, so I am uh, I have to go because 
I've I've have the obligations, fam- familial obligations that I'm going to talk about in the next episode, just in terms of like what you do about family and how much you uh, can really bring them along in this thinking. It's not easy to, to, for example, impart this kind of immortality thesis to an older person who's like lived this long life and really thinks they know what's going on. But I think that we can try, and I'm going to talk about that in the next show. So stay tuned with that. And thanks for listening. This is Lectures of Fallen Wisdom. I'm Mike Trojan.